If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It is IGN's weekly Xbox show. It's episode 614, according to my notes. That's all. I, I lose count. It's I, too many. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's too many shows. We have a lot of shows, but we, we're here every week. We enjoy being here every week. Uh, it is September 27th, 2023, as we record this. I'm Ryan McCaffrey in IGN's San Francisco studio, joined, as always, by Stella Chung. Good to see you. Hello. Yeah, good to see you in person. Yes. <laughs> good to be back together. And uh, not together, but in our hearts together. From Los Angeles, <laughs> Destin Legary. Hello, my friend. Bam. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, I should just set expectations now. Uh, this show is not going to be two hours like last week's show was. Yeah. It was an unprecedented week in Xbox history last week. Uh, not so much for the good if you're Microsoft, but as Xbox podcasters, it was pretty unprecedented in, in a slightly better way for us in the sense that we had endless stuff to talk about, or at least two hours worth. But I do want to start with some fun stuff right now. Uh, and since I'm already talking a lot, I'll hear from you guys first before I come back uh, to, to myself. I'll throw back to myself, but for now, <laughs> Stella specifically, in fact. Hello. Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Cyberpunk is back. Mm -hmm. It is, I mean, the redemption arc here has been awesome to watch, and, and it's yes. been, they've been redeeming themselves long before Phantom Liberty. They've been putting in the work. Yeah. But uh, Phantom Liberty is, by all accounts, really good. It's definitely worth the $30. I have already, so it's about, I would say it takes about 10 hours to get to the point in the main story when you can unlock the DLC, uh, which is $30, but the 2.0 update is free, which is great, and yeah. honestly makes the game feel like a whole different game. It's amazing. Uh, completely changes up the meta. There are new weaponized vehicles. There are so many new guns. And uh, I have personally been running a Netrunner, uh, the Hackers, and also the Throwing Knives. And it is so stupid strong. <laughs> it is so, it is so fun. Uh, but the story of Phantom Liberty, I think the intro has 
the coolest intro of any expansion or DLC I've ever played. And it is genuinely so cool. It is so fun. Can you tell us a little bit about it without spoiling it? Like what makes it so cool? Um, well, I'm I think, genuinely curious. I think, I think it's okay. So I think it's not a spoiler to say that like the whole DLC kind of rides on you working with the president of the new USA, right? Yeah. So you're trying to work with them, but basically the intro is you meeting them and it's like a really unprecedented way you Hmm. meet them because okay. and is that idris elba's character no oh, different character. although i would totally serve him as <laughs> if it was my president <laughs> but no no okay all right but everyone also in the dlc is hot so it's fine it's you know the the, the president's hot songbird's hot idris elba's character is hot everyone's hot <laughs> it's a problem um but yeah no the, the story like the intro is so cool so um yeah, you, you go to the highest point in Dogtown, the new the new part of the city, and you kind of overlook this event that launches you into Phantom Liberty, and it, okay. it is the coolest intro ever. And then a chase scene happens, and it's really cool. Nice. Um, yeah, it's I'm having a lot of fun in it. I think I've spent probably like 10, 15 hours just running around in the new city part, and also just doing side quests in there, because I don't want to progress the main story too much, because I want to enjoy yeah. it as much as possible. I know that's a good feeling. It you're is. Like, you're just like, you're neck deep in it, but you don't want to go all the way underwater, because you're it's like, <laughs> I'm just kind of enjoying this moment right now. Yeah. Also, I know I'm playing this a lot for work, which is good, because I do like the game, but also for me, like, my personal wind-down game is Baldur's Gate, so I'm just like, okay, I have to finish Baldur's Gate before I dive really deeply into cyberpunk because I cannot have more backlog games. So it's been one oh, of those- Oh, you will. Don't worry. I know. I know. Especially with the, how this year's going. But um, it's very fun. It is very easy to just like keep going through quest after quest. Like, oh, I'll log off after one more thing. Uh, let me just get here and then I'll do this. And it's, it's so easy to lose track of time in this game. And also it looks gorgeous. It yeah. is beautiful. I constantly stop like every five minutes just to get like- some photo mode shots because it's just so gorgeous. I mean, Cyberpunk's a game that it, it looks totally good on a Series X, but if yeah. it's it's one where if you've got the hardware to throw at it on a PC, you're going to see a significant difference. Like it is, it, it does every, it wields every graphics trick in the book. Yeah, it, I, so I finally have a rig that's strong enough to do rig tracing and I put all the works on and I'm like, oh my God, I want to live in this. I want to dive into the screen. Let me live in this world as, as gross as it might be, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and Stella, one of the graphical things, they just added DLSS, what is it? 3.1 or whatever. That's which, right. Yeah. Which lets you push performance further, but you also get all the pretty visuals and mm -hmm. I'm excited to dive more into that. I, I've only had time to play the intro. It's like insane behind the scenes, but I'm super stoked to play more. Yeah, this is, I, I had, Cyberpunk had been off my radar for a long time. I know yeah. it, it had been getting improved patch after patch, update after update. But now with this, it's just like, okay, everybody's, the buzz <laughs> is making me want to go back in. Yes. I have a save probably 10 or 12 hours in, actually. Okay. Um, although I'd probably personally want to just finish the camp, V's campaign before... You don't have to. Just no, it connects. Restart. It connects with the story. Okay. So it, yeah, it, it honestly, they did such a good job of organically care, like connecting the the place that you're at about ten hours in after a specific quest, and it organically ties into nice. okay. the introduction of Dogtown. Um, and you don't have to go and do it, 
Um, but it, it is, I highly recommend it because I think that the writing in this DLC is probably one of the strongest pieces of writing I've seen in Cyberpunk. Nice. Um, and, you know, Mark Medina, who also works on guides, we've been working together to pump out some guides content on this. Um, he also agrees on that. And we're just loving the story, the character development, um, the way that you create these different personal connections with these new characters. And oh, also one thing that's really cool is that all these new characters that you're introduced to, you're like, oh, why do I care about them? Why should I care? Uh, there are lots of different moments where you can kind of listen in on these characters. So Reed, uh, Solomon Reed, which is Idris Elba's character, he connects with an old friend at a bar and he's like, oh, you can leave us. Like we'll catch up a few hours later. But if you stay in the bar, they will just have a conversation. And it is so cool to just sit there and listen. They'll talk for like minutes. Yeah. And I always love so it when cool. games do that. Yeah, I feel I Cyberpunk does such a good job of making this world feel like a real, fully lived in world. And it is very cool. Definitely way miles ahead of when it first launched. So it's very cool. Starfield, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Baldur's Gate 3, which so many games. we're still we're waiting on an Xbox release date. Yes. We're told it should be. I mean, now that we're just about into October. So Sometime in the next three months, it's supposed to come out. Uh, well, I feel like I'm missing a big RPG, too. There's got to be another one out there, too. But just it's, it's nuts right now. Yeah. Um, now, I had the chance that while we're while we're raining praise down on <laughs> new or upcoming video games, in my case, it's an upcoming one. I was in Los Angeles last week and had a chance to play eh, three or so hours across two different missions of Alan Wake 2. And this is a game, it's been our IGN first game all month long, which means it's kind of our cover story, if you think about it like an old school video game magazine. We've been having exclusive little features on it throughout the month of September, which our awesome UK team, uh, Simon Cardi and, and Matt Perslow, have been awesomely handling. I hadn't played it yet myself, because I didn't get to go to Remedy uh, with, with Simon and Matt. So I got to go play it in Los Angeles, and... I mean, I've been excited about Alan Wake 2 since the jump. I mean, I, I'm on the record many times as saying how big a fan of Remedy I am. I think they've... I used to say they've never missed. They've missed once now. The, they did the campaign, the single-player campaign for Crossfire X, which wasn't... I don't think it was that good. But that aside, uh, this is a super talented studio. Alan Wake 2 is a game we've been waiting 13 years for. And actually playing it, it's just fantastic. Uh, and I can't say the. we'll see how the full game goes. Maybe the story goes into some totally stupid place and it'll end up, you know, thinking it's just okay. But all indications are from what I've played so far uh, that, that this is just going to be an absolutely fantastic game. First of all, visually, it's one of the most next-gen looking games I've seen yet. It is, uh, they use their own, they've always used their own in-house engine called Northlight. And the when you're uh, the the Alan Wake mission, so I played one mission as Saga Anderson, the FBI agent, and another mission as Alan. And the Alan mission set in the dark place. In fact, here's my preview. I think right here, my video preview. Oh. This is oh well, that okay. That's not um, part of the dark place, <laughs> but that that is right there. The the sort of neon lit alley, dark, disgusting dark alleyways, um, and it is just gorgeous that's to the look dark at. Place. Uh, <laughs> it is not, that, but it is. Yeah. That, well, yeah, this, I think this is my preview. That's, uh, okay. but anyway, it doesn't matter if there's no, if you can't hear what I'm saying in the preview. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, it's gorgeous oh, to look pretty. at. 
it is especially i would say north light has always been good going back to like quantum break if not even sooner than that but quantum break i think is when it really got noticeable the north light tech and remedy as a developer are so good at doing character faces yes. really lifelike expressive faces they don't have kind of the dead eyes look that some video game characters have it's just they're really expressive really natural looking and so so the tech is there it's just it's beautiful game to look at and the it played great i mean it is a survival horror game now it is it is not oh. just a it is not just more of alan wake one it's not an action adventure game uh, in the same way, it is it is a slower, more methodical kind of the controls are heavier. It just feels like a more kind of lumbering uh, game where if you get more than really if if you're outnumbered at all uh, against the 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 taken, the enemies, you're in big trouble. So uh, I, I absolutely loved it. I was scrolling through my timeline this morning because the embargo on the coverage lifted. And apparently, all the other media people that were at this thing, everybody's tweets were all not just like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Check out my coverage. It, everybody was saying what I'm saying, which is this is phenomenal. I think this could be Remedy's best game ever, which is saying a lot, at least for me as a, as a big Remedy fan. Uh, and the little cherry on top, this game is uh, now going to have a... They, they managed to get a performance mode in for launch. So if you're one of those people that just needs to have 60 frames, you really prefer 60 frames a second, Alan Wake 2 will have that option. Uh, for me, just personally, I uh, am going to be going with the quality mode on this because it's, it is a slow-paced game. I, don't I would rather have these gorgeous next-gen visuals, and I'll take the 30, as long as it's steady. Because I will say... I did play on what I'm sure was an incredibly powerful PC okay. at the event. So if it's if it's a choppy 30 on console, then I reserve the right to <laughs> to change my mind and and fl flip over to the performance mode. But either way, you'll have the option. So um, Alan Wake 2, super good. That's out in exactly one month from today, oh October God. 27th. It's a good month for a scary game to come out, I think. It's right before Halloween. Yep, it's a really, yeah. yeah. So I have a question. Do, do, do you think that the FPS change will make the game less scary for me? No. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's going to affect that at all. Uh, man. <laughs> there I, were a few uh, during the two missions I played. There were It got me a couple times on jump scares. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's, I, uh, I won't tell you how or why, of course, but there yeah. were a couple times where I just, you know, did the little, yeah. like, little involuntary <laughs> twitch in my chair. <laughs> It looks very... Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> no, we just saw... If you're on video, we just saw the... The, the Taken. The, yeah, the Taken just kind of like... Ugh, ugh, like j kind of skitter towards you. Yeah, you I don't like to, that. You still have to burn them with your flashlight to make oh, them vulnerable to your gunfire. Mm -mm. No, I remember the first one, which people say wasn't even that scary, but I'm an absolute just coward with horror games so for me i was like the environment is so scary the atmospheric sounds everything and from everything you just told me this is even more not up my alley but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might be true that's yeah that maybe and that's i mean i'm not i'm normally not a big scary game guy either yeah but every now and again one one will grab my attention and this one yeah that, i mean Sam Lake is such a good writer. He always has been going back to the the first two Max Payne games that, mm -hmm. that Remedy did before, of course, Rockstar took over for Max Payne 3. But um, yeah, I, this feels like it's going to be a very 
rich, very layered story that will probably have some cool twists and turns along the way, uh, if I had to guess. I don't actually know. I'm not like playing coy. I'm not saying, you know, oh, what? I hope there are <laughs> twists and turns. No, it's, I, it, it was a little, a little awkward being thrown into these were the two missions were in the middle of the game. So there was a bunch of stuff that had happened that I have no idea, like, like, um, what we're seeing on video now, Alan has this this lamp that if you flick the switch of the lamp, reality just instantly changes in front of you. So uh, oh. that just gets explained at some point earlier in the game. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's enough gushing about Alan Wake 2 for now. I'm sure once it comes out in a month from now, we'll all have something to say about it after we all get a chance to play it. But yeah, just really, really impressed by Alan Wake 2. If it is not on your radar I highly recommend you put it on your radar here for this fall. All right, this week's Xbox News, let's start with Mr. Phil Spencer. He uh, was speaking to IGN Japan, Daniel Robeson and our team over there, at the Tokyo Game Show last week. And Phil revealed the one game in the Xbox portfolio that, above all else, he'd like to see revived. He said, quote, I've always wanted us to go back and revisit the Mech Assault Mech Warrior space. I think there's a lot we could do. There was so much about that whole franchise that in some ways I think was ahead of its time, and it would be nice to get to go back and revisit. We don't have a plan today, so it's not a leak of anything. Speaking of leaks, I, you can tell what the previous question was. <laughs> but that would be a nice one. Destin. He's right. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Well, look at look at the success of Armor Core. Armor Core just came out of nowhere, and it's everybody was really enjoying that game. It would be wonderful to see Mech Salt or Mech Warrior come back. Uh, I see people talking about those games every once in a while and talking about how great they were and how interesting they were, especially at the time. And it would be wonderful to revisit that franchise, especially when Armor Core comes out of nowhere and says to everybody, "Hey, look." This is fun. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a good comp, honestly. Uh, Armored Core is, is another giant walking tank series that mm -hmm. had been dormant for a while. Yeah. It had been a long time since From Software had made an Armored Core game before this, and it's come out and everybody seems to super like it. And, and uh, now, it, for anybody, the, the youths in our audience... Stella. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Mech Warrior was a pen and paper role-playing game. Oh. It still is, but that's okay. how it started life before it was a video game. Huh. Uh, and the original Mech Warrior games on PC, gosh, probably 30 years ago at this point. I think I played two. I think I played Mech, Mech Warrior, Warrior 2. Mech Warrior 2 was the big one. Like, if you've played, if you're old like Destin and I, and you've played Mech yeah. Warrior, odds are pretty good it was 2. My best friend, Robert, was, that was, he loved Mech Warrior 2. I watched him play hours of that game. And it was, the Mech Warrior games are more, generally speaking, more simulation-y. You are, you are not fast. You are outfitting your mech, like, you know, different, what, do you want Gauss cannons? Do you want missiles? What's going to cause you to overheat? How much, you know, you're, you're kind of balancing all the weapon systems in your, in your mech. You're choosing which mech you want because there's, there's like a dozen plus different mechs from, you know, small, fast ones to just giant, like the Atlas is a giant, lumbering, slow. Wow, our super producer oh. digging up. Is this mech warrior, is this two? Is that how old? No. 
No, <laughs> that's not two. No, two it looked better than this. Yeah, this some, mm-hmm. this must be mech, the original Mech Warrior. Oh, this is some old feature oh. from IGN. Um, yeah, this is this is not this one that's on screen now is not one of the kind of mainline Mech Warrior uh-huh. games, but maybe maybe this video has Mech Warrior too. I think in this it. looks awesome. Um, this is great. Th- this is like yeah, a top down kind of more st- strategic kind of game. But anyway, um, the mainline Mech Warriors, yeah, they're more. They're more strategy. Okay. They're slower paced. And then here comes the Xbox in 2001 and then 2002 at the launch of Xbox Live. We get Mech Assault, which is a more sort of, you know, console focused version of it where it strips away a lot of the, the planning of your outfitting of your mech and just says, you know, take, pick a mech and go and go and it's a much faster game feels good on the controller and it was one of the first awesome xbox live games i mean it was literally one of the first xbox live games uh on in 2002 and here's here's footage of mech assault here and you can see yes you got your jump jets you know there's there's uh the action it still had strategy to it it's not like call of duty where it's just totally a twitch (laughs) shooter yeah but yeah it's it, it it made you know it was much much quicker in pace than mm-hmm. than the original Mech Warrior games on PC. But we got a Mech Assault Two, which was which I pretty sure I reviewed for official Xbox magazine. And my my lasting memory of Mech Assault Two, which not as good as Mech Assault One, not a bad game, but they <laughs> it was two thousand must have been o three or o four. So you're in kind of the the new metal era of music. Oh <laughs> no! I, yeah, yeah. This is going where you think it's going. <laughs> I just remember this boss fight where you're you're fighting this giant spider mech again, like one of the dumb. Yeah. Like that was that was like a thing at that time. Like fight giant spiders in whatever sci-fi or fantasy medium we're in, and uh, and. The the for for some reason the soundtrack to that boss fight is corn, and <laughs> corn, and in my I, I in my head I'm, and probably I I must have written this in my review. This is why I wish the archive of OXM was easily accessible online, but it's not thanks to the. Uh, I'll, I'll just bite my tongue about how I feel about the <laughs> about my former employer and how they treated the magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, why in Mech Warrior is set in the 31st century. The 31st century. Corn is from the 20th century. Are we really saying that corn is like the Beatles of like it's it's lasted for a thousand years and we're listening to corn in the 31st century as we as we battle in our mechs? What what, what would have been your soundtrack of choice? <laughs> Not that. I don't know. Maybe just something. Oh, that boss battle looks cool, though. Red is on it. Look at this. This is the. This is Whoa. it. Oh, okay. That's really cool. This, it's stupid. First of all, there are no spider mechs in like pen, proper pen and paper mech work. Like, oh, really? They took a look oh, okay. at this. And so, anyway, I'm getting off track. Um, <laughs> so, Mech Assault Two, not great, and there. That was it. There, there hasn't been another one. But the first one was legitimately fantastic. First, both both the campaign was great, and the Xbox Live online multiplayer was great. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving it back. 
I would, I agree. Destin, uh, who would you like to see do it again as we're, we're Remedy. doing a little no, fantasy, <laughs> we're doing a no, fantasy I'm... draft here. Uh, you know, pick it. There's a lot of developers in the Xbox first party family to choose from now across not just Microsoft, Xbox Game Studios, but also Bethesda. And hey, even though the FTC is trying to, again, stick its nose into this, which we'll talk about later, let's go ahead and, and make the Activision Blizzard Studios available for the draft here as well. Who do you choose, Destin, to make a Mech Assault revival? I mean, just looking at the list off the top of my head uh, that you have written, I'd actually think maybe like the Age of Empires team would be a good fit because they've done a lot of RTS. Is he high? And <laughs> that, on drugs right well, now? He did you, say we were getting list. dad Destin today, which I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, okay, like, sorry, Destin, go ahead. For, let, so let me, give me give a chance. Age of Empires, I think they, like, in terms of balancing and such, I imagine they have a lot of experience there. That's my hot, <laughs> my crazy take. I think they should give it a shot. So for a fast-paced third-person shooter, effectively, you nominate well, I, I a real-time strategy developer? Yeah, I <laughs> see the other so people crap. that you have. I, I see the other people you have on the list, and I, mechanically how the mechs move and stuff like that, it's very methodical and such. And that's why I thought maybe an RTS developer would like to sort of you know, try something a little bit different. And I think this would be a good sidestep into like a different genre because it, the mech games are fairly technical in terms of how you play, at least mech warrior was, yeah. if I remember correctly, mech assault was a little more arcadey. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's my answer. I, I don't know that any of the people that you have listed in the run of show, but uh, I'd be happy to hear you out. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna give so I'm gonna give Destin a little bit of a break here because uh, we do know that that uh, the Age of Empires team, who's I'm completely blanking on the name of that developer right now, so I apologize for that. But they were ensemble. Thank you, thank you, Destin. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's ensemble's gone. But like I a know, lot of but, ensemble people end up over there. Yeah. But ensemble. The, here, this is me. This is the me like giving you a break on on uh, on that. Ensemble was working really? on a Halo MMO for a little while there. That mm. was a real project that was in development. So, to you know, it it's certainly not outside the realm of possibility that that uh, an RTS developer could could take a stab at a Mech Assault game. World's Edge. Yeah, that's right? the Is new. That right? in, yeah, the yeah. in-house. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. It's an outside the box thought. I like it, mm -hmm. Stella. From what you've now learned a little bit about Mech Assault. Um, you, you and know, Destin. And we've learned a little Mine's bit about dumb. Destin. Um, honestly, I think 343 could do a really good Mech game. And I haven't played this game, so I don't know anything about the series, yeah. right? Aside from what we've just seen. But judging from the way that some of the vehicular combat worked in Infinite, I'm just and, and from the previous games that I've been playing through now, I'm just like, you know what? I think they could totally handle that. I mean, they're very good with the sci-fi genre. Yeah. Uh, they could totally revivify, like, they, they, and they had the source material, right? All they have to do is adapt that to a video game format, which, I mean, they're the Halo books and all that. So it's not like they're unfamiliar with that. So I feel, honestly, I feel like 343 could do a pretty good job of it. That's a solid pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, if whether or not Microsoft would ever allow them oh, to make yeah, a non-Halo thing is another matter entirely, <laughs> but, you know, never say never. Uh, the two that came to mind for me are, number one, machine games. 
the makers of, of course, Riddick back in the day, well, when they were still Starbreeze, when they were still with Starbreeze, but more recently, of course, the two Wolfenstein games. Story-driven, good first-person shooters. I think they could really make a cool mech assault, a, a mech, warrior, mech warrior story, uh, and, and drive a good campaign. Now, they don't have any experience doing multiplayer. Mm. Riddick never had it. Wolfenstein didn't have it. So that would be one sort of, not like strike against them, but just an, it's an untested yeah. scenario for them. So the other one that came to mind, and I have to reach into the Activision portfolio for this one, but High Moon Studios. And if you're going to wait, High Moon, do I know them? What are, they did the really good Transformers games from last, the, was either the th either the original Xbox generation or the 360 generation. So it's been a little while. They've been doing support work and they've, they've done other things since, but High Moon, I feel like, you know, I mean, Transformers, you're, you're yeah. about two thirds of the way to Mech Assault <laughs> at that point with fast moving giant robots. If we were to divide and conquer, the coalition could knock out that multiplayer. Yeah. I think that, that could be a, an, an interesting sight to see. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, obviously, Phil, you know, there's not a Mech Assault game in development. Probably. You never know with him. I mean, he, he does ch make choices and say things very deliberately, like when he wore a Hexen t-shirt on stage at the very end of the showcase, right as the Activision Blizzard deal was hopefully going to be hitting the home stretch. And so when the, if and when a Hexen reboot announcement comes along, I will not be surprised. But... Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I agree. I'm with Phil here. I'd love to see Mech Assault come back. Destin, do any other games in the, in the back catalog of, of Xbox jump to mind as, as another one you'd nominate that if, uh, if you were in Phil's shoes that you'd like to see come back? Come back? I mean, not off the top of my head. No. All right. I mean, I feel like I should say for Miranda Fusion Frenzy, she keeps saying that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We miss you, Miranda. <laughs> Your spirit lives on through uh, Channeled by Stella. Yes. Yeah, Fusion Frenzy, certainly Miranda would 100,000% say that. The one that came to mind for me is Crimson Skies. This is another one I'm going I'm to put our super producer Red to the test right now as I vamp a little bit. Crimson Skies was another beautiful uh, action you know, aerial combat game, but with a, it had multiplayer, gorgeous campaign, uh, and just meaning a, a great campaign. Um, very unique. We, we never didn't really see anything like this. I mean, it's, it's definitely arcadey, like kind of like Mech Assault is. It's not a serious flight game at all. It's like the op at the opposite end of the spectrum from Flight Simulator. Mm. But um, really good story. You could get out of the, you could land the plane and get out of it uh, at, at various points, not anywhere you want. It wasn't like a total open world thing. And because this was from 2003, I think, so 20 years ago. But uh, great game that never got a sequel. Um, there was, now this was, this, there was a PC Crimson Skies before this, because this game, 
that we're watching, the Xbox game is technically, the name of it is Crimson Skies High Road to Revenge. So, but there was, there's never been a Crimson Skies game since. And, you know, thinking about Crimson Skies as a, as a large, like, open world, kind of go anywhere, do anything, fun, uh, explorative, aerial game, Playground, Makers of Forza Horizon. I mean, they, they could basically do this as Forza Horizon in the air. Yeah. And it would be, except You're in the... Fable. Well, sure, I'll, I'll take Fable over Crimson Skies, personally. Well, it, yeah, I mean... We're, talking, I, I we're would, talking about dream sure, comeback. I, I, also, right, right. I would nominate the, the Forza team at Playground to do this rather than yeah. the Fable team. Let the okay. Fable team keep doing its thing. You know, um, I, yeah. I have one. Okay. Uh, I was browsing the forums, and uh, there were two that came up a lot, and I'm surprised you didn't say it, Ryan. Go ahead. Ninja Gaiden. Well, that's not a first-party game, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm with I mean, you. Anybody working on Ninja Gaiden, uh, Lost Odyssey was another one that came up. That's in a the good RPG one. Genre. Mist that's Walker. one where like just just remake it. <laughs> oh yeah, just do a full remake of that game. It's so popular, and I think like the barriers at the beginning could really be retooled to streamline the gameplay, and uh, it's it's very beloved. So, Unreal uh, yeah. Engine. Uh, Mist, and, and this was Mistwalker Studios, who yeah. uh, was headed by, if, if this is all off the top of my head, I'm sorry if I get this completely wrong, I believe it's Sakaguchi, I believe is the, was the head of the studio, who was the original creator of Final Fantasy, if I'm remembering this correctly. Um, and they, they're, so they did two very memorable RPGs for Xbox 360 that sadly didn't seem to sell super great. Like this was when Microsoft was making a serious, real legitimate push to try and get into Japan and say, look, we, we, we are going to make games for this market. We want to appeal to Japanese gamers. And just, you know, it, it obviously, as we all know, it never worked out for, for Xbox in Japan, but we got these two Miss Walker games were lost Odyssey and blue dragon. And mm -hmm. they couldn't be more different visually. I'm going to test red again to, to bring up some Blue Dragon footage here in a second. Um, Blue Dragon had more of a kind of anime. Or Dragon Quest. Yeah, oh, really? Drag okay. Dragon Quest is a good analogy. Kind of look to it. I think a Dragon Quest person worked on it. So <laughs> That is entirely likely. Yeah, I, I, my memory's not quite that good. But yeah, Destin, I like Lost Odyssey just remade in Unreal Engine 5 now. Oh, I see. Yeah, be, yeah here's Blue. You, you can get that. Ah, okay. I think you could still buy it. I don't know. They're, they're closing down the 360 store soon, I think. Yeah, so, in, well, July of next year, I believe. Yeah, so you you could still get it. I have the disc, and it's very cheap. If, you, if you've never played Lost Odyssey, I hear nothing but good things. I played a, like five hours or something of it, not a ton, but I, I get the hook in terms of combat and what they were doing at the time, uh, d definitely try that one out. Hmm. It's one that's definitely on my list to play before <laughs> before I run out of time in this world. You know, <laughs> oh yeah. God, are you dying? What's yeah. What? Yeah. No. 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 Not dying. I Good. hope not. Okay. Well, we all die. are really. Okay. All right. I, listen, people come here not to have an existential <laughs> crisis. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're all dying yeah. since the day we <laughs> oh were my born, god. I just I think about all the games that this year <sighs> is so stacked in terms of game releases, and yeah. there's like this gem that I I haven't gotten to finish or got the time to sit down and play, 
And more and more, I just find myself saying, like, you're talking about Alan Wake. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get back to Starfield just with the stuff that's come out this October. Yeah, I hear you. You know, so so I'm like, just looking at the, the slate in terms of like just work stuff, you know, versus what I play in my personal time is just so much. I know. Got to play Cyberpunk. You know, you, you brought up some of the top, like Alan, so like, Alan you know, Wake. You, you... Yeah, I'm a dad. <laughs> you know, Forts is right around the corner. I got the steering wheel right behind nice. me. Yeah, Spider-Man <laughs> 2. I mean, it's, yes, Spider-Man it's a PlayStation 2. game. Not, it's just this you know, year. But it still looks like, awesome. It's still so many yeah. different. Also, yeah, yeah uh, when we were talking about um, Armored Core, I was like, oh, that's the game that we forgot also came out this year. And it's also very yeah. good, which I have not gotten to yet, but I want to so badly. It's, all, it's been out a month already. It I know. came out the end of August. We're here at the end <sighs> of September. Yeah, but oh, I was given snap. a Baldur's Gate code, I'm so I was like, <laughs> okay, I know. Yeah, I was like, I'm yeah. going to do Baldur's Gate first. And... haven't started Baldur's Gate yet. Uh, it's I, competition got... for our time is very fierce right now, is all I'm yeah. saying. I, I never remember a release slate this stacked like five years ago, even. I don't remember it being like this. It's nuts. The it used only... to be like two, three big games a year. Yeah. Now it's like just in September, October, it's like 10 games that all deserve your attention. You the, the, the last and only time I remember a window like this. Because I had I did this thought exercise on Twitter like not that long ago. Mm -hmm. It was it was a stretch. I believe it was from like either September. It was either September to might have been the October November stretch in two thousand seven. Okay, which was I, I don't have. I wish I had the tweet in front of me because I, I laid all this stuff out. But that was that stretch was like. Bioshock, the original. Oh, okay. Uh, it was um, Rock Band, Mass Effect 1, Halo 3, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. Uh, did, did I already say Rock Band? Yes. But I think, and I, I guarantee I'm leaving out like three big ones. It was, but you're right, Destin, like this, yeah, this, this stretch that we're in right now is, is just like that. And it's, uh, if if you yeah, if you roll other systems into it, because just Xbox, yeah. it's insane. But but for what's coming to the the Series X, you know, you fold in if if you fold in other platforms, Spider Man Two and Super Mario Brothers Wonder are two another two other major releases on other platforms. So yeah, it's uh it is a it's like twenty twenty three is is saying. To 2022, like hold my beer. Yeah. Like, oh, you you thought you know last last year sucked. All right. Well, we're gonna fix that yeah. and a whole lot more in 2023. Yeah. Which we yeah, so, Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Just looking at the list. This is just October, September. Starfield, Baldur's Gate Three, Forza, Assassin's Creed, MK1, Lies of P, Cyberpunk, Spider-Man, Mario, of Lords of Fallen, Metal Gear Solid Collection, Ghost Runner Two, and Alan Wake. And that's just stuff I'm into. That's right. That's Ghost just Runner the stuff two. I'm into. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. There's way more. Like those are just the games that are out the last two months that I'm into. Yeah. So imagine somebody else's list beyond this. Yeah. So uh, That's a lot. Can Thirteen we all just, games. Yeah. <laughs> can we just like all take sabbaticals? And I was going to say, play? can we hibernate? Yeah. For like <laughs> <laughs> well, sabbaticals, so we still get paid. Okay. True. True. Okay. Right? Yeah. And just go play all this stuff. <laughs> Oh my goodness, but yeah. yeah. In November, called new Call of Duty, the RoboCop game. <laughs> oh my god, that's I'm, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm super interested. Oh, Super Mario RPG. 
Oh, the remake. Yes, the remake yeah, of Super I'm Mario super RPG. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. December gets slow. December has nothing. So. Well, there's there's <laughs> a, the far, that yeah, Far Cry Avatar, uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, huh? all yours, a new Ryan. Far Cry. <laughs> I'm good. Boy, Far Cry's getting yeah, yeah, yeah. again. Huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like 2022 was slow, and then everybody just pushed to the Q4 2023 to make up for it. But now I'm totally <laughs> overwhelmed from like, what do I spend my time doing? You know? Yeah. Good problem um, to have. It is. It it's a, a great of, problem. I mean, it sure beats yeah. last year when we were all oh, yeah. we were oh, sitting yeah. here twiddling our thumbs mm -hmm. on the podcast mm -hmm. at this point of the year. But uh, yeah. How do you decide what you're going to spend your time on, both of you? I suppose I'm just sort of curious because like I could still be playing Baldur's Gate 3, but I have like work stuff that I have to be playing right now. Uh, well, as soon as it's 5.30, I, like, switch off Cyberpunk, and I'm like, okay, well, for me, Baldur's Gate has been something that I've really enjoyed personally, so I'm like, it brings yeah. me joy, I'm going to play it. So that's the one game that I've been really focusing on, like, even off stream and stuff. Um, so that's the one game that I'm dedicating my time to before anything else comes out again. So, um, it'll probably be that, um, God spider-man comes out so fast so i'm probably it's probably going to be that spider-man and then because like i can go through that story pretty quickly and then i'll probably come back mm -hmm. to cyberpunk for my own personal yeah. uh playthrough because i haven't played to the end yet so i want to make that big decision because i know there's like a lot of hours that i can put in that game um so yeah, yeah. For, for me um there's definitely the work consideration like okay mm -hmm. am i gonna review any of these and if if not am i you know do i need to play them definitely for work to discuss on the podcast or, or do something some piece on ign but then after that when it when we get down to just the personal layer i'll cut there's there's like a balance of what my heart most desires <laughs> but also with spoilers if there's like a super story yeah. like spoiler possible game like alan wake 2 i'm gonna want to jump on quick because i feel like mm -hmm. there's that could have some major spoiler stuff. Um, Spider-Man Two. I, I don't know if they're if I if I'm necessarily personally worried about spoilers with that game. Like that's not that's not to say there couldn't be like cool twists and turns in it. But yeah, um, you know, it's that, like five years for someone to spoil Spider-Man One or Spider-Man Remastered for me. It took like forever. <laughs> well, yeah. so I. I I'm so glad you brought up the spoiler thing because that also does kind of because I spend a lot of my time on Twitch and TikTok and YouTube yeah. and like even thumbnails like everything can get spoiled. TikTok, you watch one video on one video game and it's like all that. Like Baldur's Gate, I've had quite a few things get spoiled for me. So, um, yeah, I, I guess spoilers are another reason why I could like if if I'm not done with Baldur's Gate by the time Spider-Man comes out, I will definitely be playing Spider-Man just so I can get that out of the way. So I yeah. think I'm I think I made my tier list online. My go my games that I want to finish for the end of the year are Baldur's Gate, Starfield. I'm gonna play a lot of Forza because I've been I played GT to get ready for Forza and uh Cyberpunk and, yeah. and I think <laughs> Spider-Man, Metal Gear, and There's Mario. So much, oh yeah. man. That's just seven that I want to play. Yeah, as yeah, much yeah. as I love Forza, and it's wait. been so long since we got a motorsport game, that one's probably going to sink to the bottom. Not that I'm not going to play it. I mean, right. I've already had the privilege of playing it in the, the preview build preview. from the preview coverage that that uh, Luke Riley did. But that one is like, that's just going to be one I can pick up and play anytime. Yeah. With, and it's it'll be no problem. So that's, of all these, this insane stretch we're in, I can see Forza probably 
probably sinking to the bottom of that list, but like Baldur's Gate 3 is it's getting all these 10 out of 10s. Everybody says, oh, great. You know, it, it's almost certainly going to be in the mix for our game of the year discussion. So there is yes. a work reason to get into it. In addition to, I do want to play it. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by Nord VPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, Nord VPN is a great way to go. You can use Nord VPN, a virtual private network to watch live sporting events TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm just like, I know. Did you finish Zelda, Ryan? No. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say same thing about Zelda. I think the two contenders right now are Zelda and Baldur's Gate. Well, yes, front runners. Yeah, I mean front runners. We we obviously there'll be others, but I mean, yeah, realistically looking at it, those two kind of made major waves. Yeah, we nominate ten games uh, a year here at IGN, and Mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, the the Vegas betting odds would favor those two games. I don't I don't think there's any there's any question about that. Now, will could Alan Wake 2 get in there? Could Spider-Man 2 get in there? You know, Maybe, could one yeah. of these other, could Super Mario Brothers Wonder get in yeah. there? I mean, you're talking about the next major mainline 2D yeah. Mario game, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, yeah, it's, the, the list is by no means finalized, but yeah, I think, I think you're definitely right, Destin, that those two are, are going to be... Uh, I nominated top. those two in our Slack group, so... Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> for I, me, those are the front runners. I, yeah, I'm not I've speaking for the whole company. Gotta find time for Baldur's Gate yeah. 3. I think, honestly, yeah. when, it, when it comes to Xbox, that'll probably be my good, like... That'll give me the momentum to take okay. me... Like, okay, I'll get, you know... You do have a Steam Deck. It'd be kind of nice to I play. I do have a Steam Deck. Yeah, but yeah. It, it is a really pretty game, too. So I, I totally... I respect your choice on where you want to play it because, I mean, either way, you're gonna experience a very cool, yeah yeah the i mean that's true the steam deck factor is is nice oh my god we could just, we just, <laughs> we're like, just 
I, I thought this was going to be a shorter episode. We're just episode. talking yeah. about how how much we want to play all the great games it's, that this it's year. It's hard, and man. And not knowing how to balance, not knowing we're, how to establish yeah. time. We're yeah. adults. I wasn't taught how to do taxes until now. And also now I can't like figure out how to manage my time. Something that I've struggled with since I was a kid. <laughs> we, we have the extraordinary uh, privilege here of, of getting e easy access to all these games. Yes. When it's, when you're having to make choices out of your own wallet, I, it's a, yeah. It's a tough, it's, what, again, great problem to have, like, mm. oh gosh, all these great games and, you know, which, which ones do you, do you go for on day one? Which do you wait for a price drop on? Are any of them coming to Game Pass? I mean, I, I guess you could, you could really kind of point to Game Pass as, as, as sort of becoming extra valuable in, in clustered moments like this of yeah. like, oh, okay, well, because either if it's on Game Pass, you think, all right, well, then I can allocate my financial resources to another game that I want to play that's not on Game Pass. Although I think, I mean, out of all this stuff, Forza's on Game Pass. Starfield. Starfield's already out, of course, is on Game yeah. Pass. Yeah. And I think that's was. it out of this stuff, just those two first-party games of everything we just named. But Yeah. Yeah. What a it is it is wild this year. Mm -hmm. It is just that is the best word I can come up with for it. You think next year will be slower? No. I don't. No, I think we're we have this this generation's growth was essentially stunted. Like yeah. it's it, the mm -hmm. whole thing was basically paused. Uh we saw the effects of that in I mean, yeah, we Microsoft deserves a ton of credit. They delivered kick-ass stuff in 2021 with mm -hmm. Horizon 5, which is IGN's game of the year for that year, and uh, Psychonauts 2 and Halo Infinite. Uh, they, they deserve the praise for 2021. They, but 2020, the, you know, the actual launch of the Series X and, the, and even the year prior to that on the Xbox One, wasn't great as the pandemic, you know, got w w kicked off at the beginning of that year. And then we, we all, we've said over and over how bad last year was in terms of uh, releases and or the, the, not the so quality Phil. of them, but the lack of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Phil admitted it in, in, in internal emails as well. He was, he was upset. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you, Destin, that I think we're, this, this wave is going to continue to, to push towards the shore just I think next year's going to be stacked. Yeah. And then maybe the year after we get a little bit more of a chill release. It does I ebb and flow, right? You, like, you can look back in the history of... of you can take any console generation. Yeah. And you, there are years where... Because, I don't know, it just kind of works out where you get some of the major studios, like the kind of the, the premier top-tier industry studios that that ship something and then... They kind of come back around in another three, four these year, these days. Maybe it's five years. And if a and if if a few of those studios align, where they both ship something at the same time, then it kind of yeah. like it, that. That happened like a good example. Uh, Rockstar and Naughty Dog, twenty thirteen. Our game of the year battle was between Grand Theft Auto Five and The Last of Us, <laughs> and then in twenty eighteen. 
our game of the year battle was between Red Dead Redemption 2 and uh wasn't that the wasn't that the last of us no i'm thinking of that just fell apart i think i'm thinking <laughs> Red Dead that, that was god of war i think i was totally oh okay totally yeah, yeah, no that's oh, right yeah. yeah no 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 that's that's right yeah anyway but my point still stands that you get these you get these waves yeah um i just used a completely terrible example that didn't work at all <laughs> anyway um i don't even know what we were talking about based, <laughs> anyway based on the leak i think 2025 is still going to be stacked because I think all those games got pushed. Twenty five. Every. Do you mean next year? Twenty four. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, twenty twenty four. Don't give me stacked. an extra year. I think, <laughs> I think by twenty twenty five things will chill a little bit because everybody, like all the issues that COVID caused, just the entirety of the industry. I think now we're getting the games releasing at a regular cadence. Yeah. So I I think we're stacked. I don't know what PlayStation's doing actually for next year. Uh, Wolverine. But, uh, yeah, that's so the they one have thing we one, know about. They have the one big thing for next year, but they're going to yeah. have something else at the top. I'm they're sure have something every quarter, you know. Yeah, uh, Destin. For for anybody that might have missed last week's show, Destin is referring to the leaked roadmap that is admittedly old, uh, which was obvious by the fact that a lot of the dates, many, in fact, if not most of the dates in that leaked roadmap for Bethesda games, did not ship when they said they were going to ship in that document, but. You know, Destin's referring to the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion remaster, the Fallout 3 remaster, Doom Year Zero, the next, presumably the next game from id Software. Um, there was, oh, Dishonored 3 is in there. Uh, well, you get it. You can go back to last week's show. But yes, good point, Destin, that a lot of that stuff we're, we're probably going to see Kestrel, next year. which is a Star Wars character, by the way, just saying. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Who knows? Well, but we we did we decided that was an MMO, right? Because it's uh, Star Wars MMO. That's what I decided. <laughs> that's what. You, <laughs> Destin yeah. has announced. De Destin Legary Studios there, has announced. Uh, yeah. There was a leak that Jason Trier sort of corroborated some of, but said some was nonsense. Where somebody alluded to the idea that it's a Mandalorian MMO. Oh, I saw that. He's still my heart. I, yeah. I saw oh that. my goodness, that would be incredible. Yeah. Wow. That's so this a, year's Star Wars beat whoo. is the Ubisoft Star Wars game or whenever that's coming out. Maybe that's Q1 next year. And then a Mandalorian MMO. Plus we have whatever. Uh, there's another team working on a big Star Wars project. And then there's the project from the Division team. That's a Star Wars project. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff about to come out, I think, over Outlaws. the next several years. Outlaws yeah, is Outlaws. the next one that we're, yeah. Yeah. That's the Ubisoft that's the one. one. Which looks really good. One, yeah. I'm very excited. Boy, that is interesting. Man yeah, Mandalorian. I mean, that would be a brilliant setup. It would make so that much sense, rumor. right? Yeah. That was the rumor. Yeah. And yep. Yeah, and if that's a Zenimax online game. And then you, the guy who tweeted that took it down because Fryer sort of said a lot of it's nonsense. Mm. But then the leak confirmed basically everything on the list. So for me, putting on my, this is tinfoil hat, Dustin, by the way. So take no, everything I say I like tinfoil with a hat grain Destin. of salt. Yeah, but uh, that leak was basically corroborated by the internal documentation, at least in in concept. Like something called Project Kestrel. Kestrel's a Star Wars character. The rumor is that you know there's a Star Wars game in development. Well, so you know, yeah. if you think about it, there there isn't a well, actually that's not true. There is a Star Wars MMO that's still going, and that's the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. but, but Bioware just pulled support. 
That's true. It's it's been passed off, so it is time for a refresh it's, in the MMO space. It, yeah, it's been. I mean, that game's been out for. It's got to be at least a decade, at yeah. least. It was one of the first games I covered at IGN. Yeah, like I I played and through to level fifty. Prior or to that, there was Star Wars Galaxies, which was an MMO from Sony Online Entertainment back when they were kind of the kingpins of the MMO space with uh, with EverQuest. Yeah, there's the KOTOR remake stuck in development. Hell. Well, that's right. Not an MMO. Yeah. Um, Aspires on but in that. terms of, yeah, because you look like Disney, they're, they have wised up now and they are just, they are handing yeah. licenses out to talented developers to make the awesome kinds of games that that specific developer is good at, like Respawn making Star Wars uh, Jedi, Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor and... So yeah, I mean, I, I I would absolutely believe that, Destin. I would I would believe that that Zenimax Online Studios, that Project Kestrel is a Star Wars MMO. Now I I would probably there was Project Hibiki, which is Hi-Fi Rush, so right. I know that one. I would probably think that if if that is a real project, that it's probably gonna come out on PlayStation as well. Right? Because you need those MMOs cost so much money to make and to maintain that yeah. you wouldn't want to just shut out oh, that much Project potential Kestrel's revenue. The one I, yeah, sorry. Project Kestrel is the one I talked about already. It's from the ZeniMax Online team headed up by Ben Jones. Right. Uh, it's It's been in development for four years as of 2022, so they're at year five or six now mm -hmm. in development. 200 people were on it in 2022. So Project Kestrel, we know a lot about, actually. And it's not ESO. It's a new... They they said it's a, right. a new well, thing, did, but okay. all, an all new IP. Now I don't oh, know. If that so means that's not like Star totally Wars, new. Uh, maybe for them they mean <laughs> an all new IP. I, don't know. I mean, well, here's the other thing. Now that I'm, uh, the the I, I've probably bored half the audience at this point. And then Project Platinum. We'll move on. Some I people promise. Were, last thing, Project Platinum was the other one for 2024, 2025 is my estimate. And a lot some people thought that might be the Quake reboot that you were talking yeah. about, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if if Kestrel's been in development at Zenimax Online Studios for that long, I doubt it's Star Wars because that predates when Disney started licensing out the IP. Started that that's that's before our friend John Drake got there and started, you know started getting yeah. wise with licensing stuff out so well the 2025 2026 release window does have licensed ip game on that's the true that is true and that that originally was slated for next year but now seeing everything else on the list slid two years yeah. I, I estimate everything slid two years all right anyway anyway kinda, <laughs> sorry uh it's <everybody>. <laughs> okay let's let's we got 20 more minutes here to chat 23 more minutes um Capcom is a publisher that I've brought up repeatedly on this podcast, thinking uh, that it would be a good fit for Microsoft if they were to ever try and acquire a Japanese publisher. They've got a ton of great IPs, a lot of talent in the house. And uh, Bloomberg put that question right to the chief operating officer of Capcom during TGS, Mr. Uh, Haruhito Sujimoto was asked, would, would Capcom respond? How would Capcom respond if Microsoft ever called up looking to, looking to talk acquisition? And uh, Sujimoto-san said, 
I would gracefully decline the offer because I believe it would be better if we were equal partners. So I think that's a pretty polite way of saying, nah, nah, fam. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, we're good. We're good. Well, Sony has a heavy investment in Capcom also. So I think part of it is like we have this huge relationship with Sony, which is basically what we would want from Xbox also. Like what? There's a they they financially invested in Capcom. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, they purchased their fighting game competition, Capcom Cup. Doesn't is oh. that run by Sony? I'm not sure. I I'm I not... Google it. I don't want to okay. be misquoted. No, no worries. I, I mean, the the there is an Xbox relationship there. Uh, you know, not Capcom. Ha I would say they haven't really played favorites over the years. From yeah. one, the way you'd say like, well, Square Enix has kind of played. Mm -hmm. Played, although it's you know it's it's Sony just like sliding cash <laughs> across the table and be like, hey buddy, yeah. Uh, but Capcom, yeah, they did Street Fighter Five exclusive to PlayStation, and that didn't really seem to go quite as well as mm -hmm. I think they would have hoped in terms of the sort of player base for that game. And then with Microsoft, they did four Dead Rising games together. So, you know, there, there's, a, there's a relationship there. Yeah, I almost forgot about that series. <laughs> I, th you talk about, that's one I wouldn't mind seeing. Right? Yeah, like, that would be super I It's been a while since we've gotten just like a like an arcadey zombie game. And it's kind of fun. I mean, like, let me go through a mall with a motorcycle and just yeah. hack a bunch of zombies, right? Um, yeah, no, I think Capcom is fine. It, it, it makes sense. Their answer makes sense. They're, they're fine. And um, I, I, I think like Monster Hunter World did so well on consoles and on PC. I mean, they're just like, yeah, let's do everything. Why do we have to be, you know, conformed to like one console? Right. Or, so it, it totally makes sense because like they have so many games that have so many different reaches to different audiences. I, they're doing just fine. Yeah, there's a there's a was Monster Hunter Rise is yes. specific to Switch, mm -hmm. right? Which is yeah. presumably highly successful. Yeah. Because oh, and it's uh, it came to. Did it come to PC yet? I don't remember, but I know that it was going to come to PC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've not paid attention to Monster Hunter News in a while. So yeah, I think it's time for me personally to stop <laughs> mentioning Capcom as a possible <laughs> acquisition target um, in Japan for, for Microsoft. Uh, Destin, I mean, is, is, there, is it even realistic, do you think, kind of from a business sense, for an American company to acquire a major Japanese publisher? Everybody online says no, but I haven't looked into the truthful aspect of that. Like, is that actually like a legal barrier that they would have to overcome in some capacity? Um, I, I don't know enough about yeah, business realities, but I mean, if that is a thing, then I mean, it's a non-starter. So it would mean PlayStation would be fine. But... I, I don't think Capcom or Sega have rudely said no. Both have said right. no, though. That's true. Yeah, yeah they have both. They've both uh... politely declined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cap. Yeah, they. But you look at Capcom. It's still like they're. It would be understandable why Microsoft would want to, if you know, if they were serious about it. They've got. Uh, Street Fighter, they've got Dead Rising, they've got Mega Man, they've got Resident Evil being probably the biggest one. Uh, Monster Hunter, maybe this 
might be second biggest at this point. Um, Dragon's Dogma. I mean, they, they've got a pretty substantial list of desirable, successful franchises. Like, Capcom doesn't really have a, a lot of just duds, do they? I can't think of any off the top of my head. No, <laughs> yeah, like, their, their hit rate's pretty good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, good to, good to at least get an answer on that and mm -hmm. Capcom being asked directly, hey, what about this? Uh, elsewhere in Japan, Platinum Games, their most prominent game director, Hideki Kamiya, uh, Kamiya pardon me, is leaving the company after, after many, many years. A statement posted to Twitter by the developer said, we regret to announce that Hideki Kamiya will be leaving Platinum Games on October 12th. So he's given his notice. We are truly grateful for his creative ideas, leadership, and contribution to the growth of Platinum Games from our startup to this very day. We believe that he will continue to succeed in his future endeavors as a game creator. We are looking forward to seeing the game industry grow into a better place with him in it. We wish him all the best for the future. And Kamiya added on Twitter himself, as announced on the official Platinum Games Twitter account, I will be leaving Platinum Games on October 12th. This came after a lot of consideration based on my own beliefs and was by no means an easy decision to make. However, I feel this outcome is for the best. I will continue to create in my Hideki Kamiya way. I hope you'll keep your eyes peeled. Well, Stella, kind of an end of an era at mm -hmm. Platinum. Yeah, I. Uh, so we did the fix story on him earlier when this story went live this week as well. And I was looking into his rep and I was like, oh my God, he's done so many different things. Um, he co-founded that uh, Platinum Games, which was under a different name. I, I forget the name of it, but the, the year after is was when it became Platinum Games. And it's very impressive all the different things he's worked on. Um, I'm not familiar with a lot of these games just because I haven't been interested in those genres. Like Devil May Cry, I watched some people play it. Um, Bayonetta, I've always wanted to get into because Bayonetta is super cool, um, but also did not get into. But all of these are very impressive titles. He's directed and produced a lot of the games that he's worked on as well, which is really interesting. Um, and I, for some reason, the thought came into my head where I was just like, do you think he's going to Netflix games? Because we've seen a lot of developers leave to go to Netflix games. That's, I mean, <laughs> it's in play, right? Yeah. Like you, you make a great point. I hadn't even thought about that. Like uh, Joseph Staten mm -hmm. just went there. Um, Raph, oh, the art, former art director from Naughty Dog. I oh, I know the name. Yeah. I, Rossetti? Is that? Uh, anyway, I think. I'll look it up. Well, yeah, give, give us the list real quick of 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 the Kamiya games because it's it's quite OK. Impressive. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, let me let me get that up real quick because I had the list. OK, yeah. So Res the original Resident Evil, he was the system planner. Uh, Resident Evil 2, he was the director. Devil May Cry, he was the director and story lead. Uh, Resident Evil 0, original game design. Beautiful Joe, director. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Trials and Tribulations. He was the ghost of Godot, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool. Uh, Beautiful Joe 2 and Beautiful Joe Double Trouble. He was part of the story development. Okami, Bayonetta, the Wonderful 101. He was director and story. Uh, Bayonetta 2, he was the supervisor. Astral Chain and World of Demons supervisor. He's the creative director for Soul Cresta. Bayonetta 3, supervising director. Uh, Bayonetta Origin, Soreza and the Lost Demon, supervising director, original story, chief scenario writer, and for, oh, TBA, Project GG uh, director. 
Oh, maybe not this. anymore. Yeah, that yeah, one. no, yeah. Boy, that's a... Uh, it's a pretty good list. Hefty <laughs> resume right there. Yes. Destin, yeah, what, I mean, I don't know if you're going to be able to top Netflix. I don't think I can, because I think that's, a, that's an astute prediction. Where, where do you think he could go? Uh, I have no idea. Could be anywhere. It's, I mean, who, I don't, I don't think he would go hire? for money. Like, he's probably getting royalties from the properties that he's worked mm -hmm. on. So I, I don't imagine, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he's been there since the jump, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He may have equity. He may have, you yeah. know, he, he could be set up pretty well financially yeah. from he that. did say he wasn't he was going to keep creating so that's yeah. that's what gets me though which is interesting yeah netflix maybe, would be that, that maybe he's just going to bethesda to work on project platinum which is a scale bound oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh no here we go again oh, i feel like man. with his expertise he would be better on the fable team well i would imagine if, if Microsoft really wanted to hire him, which they might, yeah, it could be in play. He'd probably set up his own. Oh yeah, probably. Studio rather. But I just mean in terms of like existing projects, I feel like you know Fable has like those goofy storylines that he could definitely you know have fun with. Yeah. Uh, hey, the Microsoft could hire. What if you hired him and Itagaki san and they 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 team up on a new Ninja Gaiden to bring it back to earlier on the show? Huh? I think they'd clash. I think they'd crash. They're both like larger than life figures. I wonder if they would collaborate well. What, what's one way to find totally, out? Or if they would have totally different Green directions. Like that fast and action Ninja Gaiden reboot. <laughs> Although of course you'd need you'd need uh, Tecmo to sign on like as a just to kind of give you the the permission and share in the profits. But let's do it. Let's make this happen. I'm on I'm on board for that one. Yeah, they're both very confident leads. <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know about i don't know if they'd mesh we'll i see. know i know the commenters are furiously typing right now <laughs> he'd start a new team to continue work on on yeah. scale bound mm -hmm. at, at, for microsoft that ship has sailed i do not think that will ever be happening um if it were gonna happen it would happen i'm gonna keep the dream alive <laughs> yeah. just i don't even care if the game comes out <laughs> or not but for the fans keeping the torch burning bright yeah that's right um, all right, let's, let's end on some stupid business stuff before, uh, hopefully we'll have time for a trivia question here too. I was wrong about Capcom, by the way. Just wanted to say that. Oh, no. Yeah. All good. Uh, Microsoft's long running pursuit of Activision Blizzard looks to end in October. Put a little asterisk uh -huh. on that. Uh, <laughs> but the UK, the CMA has finally signed off. The CMA said the new deal addresses its previous concerns and, quote, opens the door to the deal being cleared. Microsoft has an October 18th deadline to deliver the buyout, which now looks inevitable. This IGN news story was written before the next little piece mm -hmm. we'll tell you about. The CMA said it had, quote, limited residual concerns, that certain provisions in the sale of Activision's cloud streaming rights to Ubisoft could be circumvented, terminated, or not enforced. In response, Microsoft offered remedies to ensure the terms of the sale of Activision's rights to Ubisoft are enforceable by the CMA. The CMA has now provisionally concluded this additional protection should resolve those residual concerns and is now consulting on the remedies before making a final deal sooner. Quote, the CMA's position has been consistent throughout. 
This merger could only go ahead if competition, innovation, and choice in cloud gaming was preserved. In response to our original prohibition, Microsoft has now substantially restructured the deal, taking the necessary steps to address our original concerns, said uh, a CMA official. Uh, it would have been far better, though, they continued, if Microsoft had put forward this restructure during our original investigation. Like, just shut up. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, that was from uh, Caldwell, and it's such Cardell a... is what it's what's written Car here. Yeah, Cardell, uh, and she is just so salty about this. Going back to the table, it just comes off super yeah. weird because Microsoft wanted to talk to them, and they didn't give them this right. note. <laughs> so, like, of course, it's not going to be in the proposal. How about like so to put it on them? Nah, this is on the CMA. Sorry. And Meanwhile, then I at the FTC. Yeah, go ahead, Destin. Please, uh, please, just this is the. It's a zombie of a story. It's just you can't kill it. It's undead. Go ahead. The FTC is reviving their challenge against Microsoft's sixty-nine billion dollar Activision Blizzard buyout. Long story short, they're going to still take it to trial at their own internally run court system, but the deal will be closed before that date arrives. What are they doing? It is a way, I hate this. It's like you lost in court. Yeah. Drop it. Like this is just a waste of taxpayer money. It's a waste. You, you everybody else in the world has approved it. You lost your trial. Yeah that everybody can go like read stories about and everything about what was discussed there. You don't have a case. And, and now, and now you're just even more awkward because the CMA is about to approve it. So it's literally just the FTC saying, ah, we're just going to sue because that's what we do now, whether we have the evidence or not. Do you agree with Destin Stella? How yeah, do you feel about I'm this? so over it. <laughs> I'm tired of, reading these like nothing updates and I just want something solid. This has been going on for so long. And I think a lot of people are also just, every time we do a news story on this, everyone's just like, oh my God, please <laughs> give us something else. Like give us an update, an actual update. It, it keeps on going. Yeah. Uh, a waste of resources. Yeah. That's, that's what bothers me the most. Like you lost, what are you doing? You're just going to waste taxpayer money i agree with I'm you pursuing this or the original case sure i'll give you that you're doing your job you believe whatever you believe right okay but you lost so stop <laughs> i just double checked this because it's to your point stella it's been so damn long that i don't even like, <laughs> it just feels like this has been our part of our entire lives right yeah uh, it's the uh, acquisition was announced january 18th 2022 so <gasps> it has been a year mm -hmm. and almost nine, like one and three quarter years at this point. Yeah. So we're, we're pushing two years. And, and they have this losing streak going, the FTC also. So now they're suing uh, Amazon, which Amazon actually has some messed up stuff going on at the company, like how they treat their workers and such that should be addressed. But they're suing for uh, monopoly practices. So if they lose that also at some point, like, like I, I think Khan's done. If she loses the Amazon thing, oh, I would think there's, so. There's, there's yeah, no way. If you're the the uh, federal administration, you have to look at appointing a, a different person at that point. But yeah, that's uh, neither here nor there as it pertains to the Activision Blizzard situation, which still drags on. 
and on. Yeah. And it's still not It's done next month. We'll find out October 18th. I mean... They'll close over the FTC. I think the FTC is just like, we didn't give up. See, they closed over us, so it's on them. And I think they're just... Yeah, you're right. It could be be politics, could be posturing. But... It's officially not quite there, but that CMA, they've been the, they've been the thorn in the ass on this the entire time. Yeah. Uh, the, thor- the sharpest thorn. <laughs> and now that, that, they have, uh, that, that thorn has been extracted and we've, provi- we've applied some ointment to the affected <laughs> this area. This is such a vicious. <laughs> Your hand motion too. I don't know how else to like, I've run it's out of so ways funny. to describe this. I know, this. yeah. I don't know what else to do. Oh, so. All right. Uh, we have like five minutes. Let's do trivia. OK. All right. And uh, hopefully award some points because we actually have we have there's been so much Xbox news over the last like month that we haven't even had time to do trivia on these shows. So let's do it now. Trevor, whose gamer tag is Pillar of Awesome. He has been I feel like he's written. Him before. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a familiar name here. For, he's from Vancouver Island, Canada, asks a good, what I thought was a good question that, that, that I think is fair, but like not super obvious. I had to think about this one. Which of the following Xbox and Xbox 360 games released by Rare has the highest uh, Metacritic score? Is it Conquer Live and Reloaded, the full-on Conquer, Conquer's Bad Fur Day remake for the original Xbox? Is it Viva Pinata for the 360? Is it Perfect Dark Zero for the 360? Or Cameo Elements of Power, also for the Xbox 360? Stella, we've got some older games here. Mm-hmm. I think I know this but one. But they're all names that you should at least be familiar with. I am, except for Cameo. Day one launch a, title. Okay. Yeah. For the Xbox 360. I quite it liked cool. it. Okay. Yeah. I know Conquer just because of all the clips the and things I've seen from it where I'm just like, oh my God, that's something I would like to see in modern day. That'd be funny. <laughs> I remember when we got that game, when that game came in at OXM back in the day. Yeah. And again, you got to remember it was like 2003, the original Xbox. Okay. And it had... You know, it just, it goes, that game goes nuts with the, with what was a relatively new technology, graphic technology at the yeah. time, which was fur shading to make like realistic <laughs> looking fur. And it was a beautiful game back then. I, I would okay. actually have to pull it up. In fact, we'll see if Super Producer One, Red is, yeah. is still awake back there. That's so funny. We'll a challenge beautiful him to, game. I, uh, and yeah. use that technology to make a pile of poo. <laughs> the, the, the great yeah. mighty poo yes was the yeah. most well-remembered <laughs> boss fight from conquer uh oh my god that's reloaded. a boss f- okay all right yeah, now i gotta watch this pile of crap <laughs> um yeah okay cool. anyway which of those four stella do you think had the highest metacritic so critics consensus not just us at oxm or yeah. not just ign like people really liked the yeah, game wh- which of those four do you think scored the mo the highest I, it can't be conquer right like i i don't think so i'm mm, i'm stuck between b or c <sighs> let's say b viva pinata because i think perfect dark zero was good but like i can't for some reason b is jumping out at me more so okay. i'm gonna go with that all right so you're going with viva pinata mm-hmm. destin i'll go to you i think it's viva pinata 
All right, I made so a TV show about it, and it's it's a very what? cool game. Oh, I did not know that. I did get a cartoon, a, very brief. Oh, yeah, there was that's a cute. Very yeah, the... popular when it came out, huh. critically and uh, yeah, kiddos. That's I've, cute. I've said this before. I actually think Viva Pinata would do really well now in the this yeah. sort of Animal Crossing really era. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll have to look I that up. I would love to see Viva Pinata come back. My daughter really likes Viva Pinata. I, I downloaded it on backwards compatibility, and she's she enjoys that game. How cute. My, my second guess would have been Cameo, but I think it's Viva Pinata. You are both correct. So <gasps> yes! well done. I'm happy to put some it's points on the board here. Up pretty well. It's it's cool. It's a cool game. Yeah, I'm great job. Thank you to Trevor. They made a sequel. Yes, there were two. Oh, um, this is super cute. Yeah, Viva Pinata was excellent. Check it out if uh, if. Oh my goodness! But we've got a roll here, so uh, I want to say thank you to our awesome producer Red, to Stella and Destin. Uh, give a quick. Quick plug to yourself. What are you up to? Still? Oh, yeah. Uh, probably see me all over your social feeds because we're doing uh, like little tips videos on socials. So on TikTok, uh, like uh, Twitter, or I guess X, Instagram, YouTube shorts. So um, all of your cyberpunk stuff. So if you have cyberpunk questions, just, uh, I don't know, ask me on your favorite social media source because I'm on all of them. And yeah, because I've been playing a lot of cyberpunk and helping on guides. So that's what Sweet. I'm doing. Yes. Destin? Yeah, I got a bunch of in like behind the scenes stuff being coordinated because of the thing we talked about on the show, having so many releases stacked yes. up right now. Uh, beyond that, I guess personal stuff, the Gary Bakery, if you want cookies, uh, uh, the Destin channel, if you want to see me ramble, I'm super foggy brain today. So here's a sneak peek of anything that I make today. <laughs> it's just me rambly all over the place. And uh, yeah, on X or Twitter or whatever, Destin Gary, I guess. Uh, some cool stuff coming that I can't talk about. Stay tuned. Fair enough. Uh, as for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I encourage you to go watch or read my Alan Wake 2 preview that's on the site right now or on our YouTube channel. So with that, we'll get out of here. Thanks, everybody. This was Unlocked 614. We will see you back here next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.